0: Episode 33 of the Rewrap Podcast. Back with me for the second week in a row is Mr. I'm at Adobe Max and you're not, Jaren Schneider. And I am Karim Naguman, who is not at Adobe Max right now. So Jaren's in LA. So, Jaren, since you're at Adobe Max, why don't you give us a lowdown? What happened?
1: Backing up a little bit, Adobe Max is actually like my favorite conference of all the conferences generally. Because for the most part, when we go to these other conferences like PPE and WPPI,
2: mm-hmm. we
1: don't have really anything like keynotes or anything super excited to get about. Usually, we just no. go to the expo and hang out at the expo and that sort of thing, yeah. and go drinking afterwards. And we see our
0: friends. That's I think yeah. That's important
1: that's, that's. I like those events for like the social aspect of them. But I like Adobe Max because it's like the closest thing to maybe like an Apple or a Microsoft conference or like E3 where they have major keynotes and cool things like that. Like they actually put on a show. I go into an auditorium and they, there's like a big show and big speakers and they talk about the cool stuff that they're announcing. Um, so I really like Adobe Max for that. This year is sort of a letdown a little bit on that note. Um, in the previous years, they've given press like, access to some information that they're planning on announcing, and it was, it's announced that morning, and then they talk about it on stage. And then they also talk about other stuff that wasn't in the announcement and that you would only get if you were there or watching the live stream. They didn't do that this year. There was no surprise.
2: Hmm. There's
1: like, no, this is sweet. The only surprise was is they gave everyone in attendance here, like the 10,000 people who are here, all get Fuji X-T10 cameras. Get out. Yeah, last year they gave away the Surface.
0: Microsoft Surface. Oh, is that how you got a Surface?
1: Uh, yes. Okay. Um,
0: we don't have to say that, like promotional consideration provided by.
1: <laughs> I like how you say that. Though you're like getting primed for it when we finally do a promotional consideration to be I'm provided by it. someone. Seriously, um, to
0: be promotionally considered for anything.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Adobe's announcements, even if they let's say they didn't say any of them to me. Until I got there and I was like watching it and they were coming live, like, you know, like in an Apple event. Um, they were still, to me, somewhat tepid. There were a few cool things, but for the most part, I feel like they sort of lost a lot of the excitement because they announced everything like three months ago. They already released mm-hmm. the new versions of everything. Yeah, CC 2015 came out three right. months ago. Yeah.
0: So then, all right, fine. So you're yeah. saying there's like some positives and some negatives. So it's almost like, Jaren, you got good news for us and you got bad news. So, yes. which one do you go, want to go first? Bad news first? Let's do bad news first and then let's go good news. End on a positive okay. note. How about that? Okay. Um, bad news first. What, what was tepid or not even like, you know, cold tea to you? I think cold tea. They, I think even they – cold tea can be delicious. Yeah, iced tea. I, that's difference. That's difference.
1: <laughs> I think that even Adobe is pulling back a little bit on this because they didn't talk about it at all during the keynote, which – is interesting because they talked about just about everything else and that's clip premiere clip so Premier i got clip a, is the
0: ios app um that you can download for free on the app store and it's basically premiere right. on your iphone something that's like what that.
1: they that's what they advertise it as It's okay, like that, but they call it clip
0: that's a that's the word for it premiere clip okay right what is
1: it? it's going to be a shrunk down version because all of their apps are like that
0: all right so what's the disappointing um, thing mate
1: well, last year they announced it to begin with and they had like a professional filmmaker on stage showing like how to use it and that sort of thing. And they advertise it as like your companion app so that you can work on video when you're not necessarily at your desk and pick it up at your desk and that sort of thing. And when I first saw a clip, I like laughed at it. It was like monumentally disappointing. Um, it's completely linear editing, which is unheard of in these days. Except let me explain what linear editing is. So if you go back in time when they were shooting on film and only film mm-hmm. – uh, and they had to edit on the film. Yes, they didn't ingest it into a digital thing, and then were able to do what yeah. they want with it. Because so they had actually
0: a little film cutter or the little right, razor physically blade. cut
1: one piece of film and chunk another layer, and then pull film around and move it, and then tape it together. Just like to skizzers and scotch tape. Yeah, that's it. So that so you couldn't have if you look at a premiere document now, like someone like me makes. We've got like fifteen different sequence layers on top of each other okay. that I can move around and have access to each individual one and that sort of thing. That's non linear editing. It is the norm. It's like
0: multi-track, I suppose. Yes,
1: multi-track is a good way to sort like of layers. It. That's not clip. Clip takes us back to how we edited film. So we have one line. I can't even see the audio on that line. But each clip you take lives alone. And you have to, in order to do anything with it, you have to duplicate it, move it where you want to cut to, physically drag it around the outside of other clips that shove themselves into place. And edit on one line. It is super frustrating.
0: This sounds even so, worse. Like, like I know iMovie is one an editor that most people use. iMovie has two. Yeah, I know it, so I, I, iMovie sounds great. This sounds
1: like worse.
0: Like, like worse than the Fisher Price version of iMovie could be.
1: Yeah. Yes, it's way worse. Um, and I discarded it almost immediately last year. Okay. And then this year they told me they were updating it, and they wanted to know if I wanted a, an advanced copy of it. So I got it on like Friday last week, and they are announcing it on
0: Monday. Um, Are we supposed to know that, or am I supposed to beep you out?
1: No, you can let me know that. I got okay. a. Pre- I mean, I got a press copy of it. Okay. Um, and this will sort. of We'll talk about this in a little bit. I shot an an entire commercial on last week, so I'd edited some of the footage on it to see how it would work on Clip. And can the you, stuff that. They-
0: tell me. Oh, we'll talk about the foot uh, the commercial later because I do want to ask yeah. you about that. But sorry, go on. What did you do with uh, Premiere Clip?
1: Um, it's it's basically unchanged. They added a few like cutesy features that like your mother would like. Like you like- can have it auto edit so you just like dump a bunch of footage in and hit auto edit and it like randomly selects a song from a library of music that they have licensed and like auto clip cuts your music to it or auto cuts your uh, video to it which is useless for anyone who takes it seriously and it they sounds also like have a toy but which is weird it because, is a
0: toy because it, i don't believe i don't think of adobe in in general like as a brand as a big company as manufacturer making toys
1: like yeah and The problem is, I think if they advertise this properly as like a a really simple editing app for someone who doesn't know how to edit video who wants to edit iPhone videos, maybe that this would be I would be less harsh on it. But it was not advertised to me that way. It was advertised as a pocket companion to Premiere Pro for editors to actually use and be, you know, efficient on the road. I can feel your anger. It's I'm seething. And the other thing that's stupid about it is on iPhone, you can't rotate your screen landscape to get a bigger view of your video while you're oh, editing it. Please, oh, it that, that only helps. works in profile, and it has no auto-adjust. On iPad, it looks totally different. It's bigger. It's just a bigger version of the crap. So you still ca- are on a linear timeline. You can only do so much, and it's just it's super frustrating. Um, I reviewed it on, on the website. I gave it a 2, which is a generous 2.
0: Yeah, I was going how did not even it, get 2? <laughs>
1: Well, there's one thing they added that was cool, and it's when you drop music in, mm-hmm. any music, the software analyzes the music for beats and will put large circles on the the music timeline that you can see, separate from the sound timeline from the actual video clips, which you can't see, and mm-hmm. like highlights areas where you might want to cut stuff to match beats. That's actually cool.
0: Does that have a name?
1: No, it's just... Part of it. it's like and a, is this a, different this.
0: from what you had told me? Because I don't want to jump ahead, but the yes. edition remix.
1: Yeah, it is different than that. Okay, so um,
0: I'll hold off on that.
1: Probably uses similar technology, but okay. way scaled back. So that was the only cool thing they added. I think that is a really cool addition. Um, I think it would be cool if that was in Premiere. I was going to say, that's not
0: including the desktop at all. Well, that sound no, like
1: the thing doesn't. is, if you if you open a document that you used, that you started in Premiere Clip in mm-hmm. Premiere Pro, mm-hmm. All those markers, if you've activated that on the iPhone, appear in Premiere Pro. They're marked on the sound timeline. Okay. But that's not something I can do from the desktop.
0: Right.
1: So, I mean, you can kind of see, like, how disjointed this feels. It, it, I don't know it, who having, this app yeah, is for.
0: And I'm having a hard time even just trying to follow of just, like, would this – none of this makes sense or none of this – yeah. Like I, I'm probably as, as much as lost as our listeners are right now. So.
1: Anyway, I, I, I went and I, I wrote the review and I talked to my the people at Adobe that I know here personally and explained to them how frustrating this app is. Um, and what I don't get is how it's getting good reviews on like PC Mag and uh, CNET. And it must be because the people who are reviewing it aren't actual video editors. Uh, so yeah. they're like this. Is, they're they're looking at it from the perspective of this is a cutesy app to edit iPhone video not what I feel like it should be for, especially when we're getting things like Adobe Fix, which is the new retouching app, the uh, Adobe Mix, which like you can, with your fat finger, cut people out of background super easily, um, the Adobe Color, which is now part of Adobe Capture, a brand new app that puts a bunch of things together, which lets you like take a picture of a scene, map the colors, and then use those as looks in LUT table, lookup tables in... Premiere, like what? that stuff's all super useful. That yeah, if you, haven't, if you haven't used color yet, which is now part of Adobe Capture, I recommend that because you take a picture of any scene that you like. Let's say you're at a pretty sunset. You take a picture in the app, and it maps all the colors and loads them into your libraries. And then when you're editing video, you can pull that color look directly on top of your video and make it look like the colors that you experienced in real
0: life. So let me understand this. Let's say a theoretical scenario here. Uh, quite likely probably let's say you you have your sony a7 whatever camera that's shooting mm-hmm. s-log right sony log yeah. log and you, or uh, no s-log and then gh4 shoots yeah. vlog vlog yeah
1: no i was agreeing with you
0: oh yeah and then yes yeah, so you have a camera that shoots log essentially and you're shooting that sunset and then you take your phone uh load up adobe capture take a photo of that mm-hmm. sunset and then you use that lookup table that you make on that log footage you just shot and it would come out better is that the idea?
1: Yeah, um, you could do that, although I don't know. I mean, I guess you could and then see if you could get it to look just right. I think what yeah. they are foreseeing it for is you happen to be out not shooting, like shooting professionally, and you mm-hmm. see something that you want to use those colors later. You're like, that is a really cool blue or that is a ridiculous sunset. I'm not shooting today, but I feel like I could use that look someday. Hmm. And you take a picture of the look and you store the look and you pull it later for use.
0: Okay. That sounds
1: cool, and you don't—you don't even have to shoot and log for it to work either. Like it works on top of just about any video clip I've seen. What I like
0: about this, what I don't think most people think about, or who I'm making the connections in my head, is that when you take a picture in the real world, um, say as you're saying in a sunset, um, and you apply and that you make a lookup table from that, that will uh, look—that'll give your footage a much more natural look than just pulling out the colors out of your backside.
1: Yeah, it will. I mean, because you're already more than halfway there. Yeah. Your adjustments can be almost I think, complete.
0: I think it's a small piece anyway, so that just needs to be said. But go on, Jack. My
1: whole point was those apps are awesome and exist. And then when the only app that they give specifically for video editors is a piece of garbage. It's clip. And it makes me really mad because they make pro apps for every other platform. And the one quote-unquote pro app they've got mm. is a pile of dog crap. Like it's awful. I hate it. And I can't express to them how much I hate it. Um, except, you know, in those words I just used, which yes. I did tell them. Yes. Um, so that was a disappointing thing. Um, the fact that there wasn't really any new, there are a couple minor things that they talked about that are new. I'll mention one in a bit. You mentioned Adobe uh, Audition Remix, which I'll get into in just a second. That's cool. But when I was watching the video guy do his demo of what's in the video, he was basically just showing slight refinements to stuff they were demoing last year. Like he pulled up the Lumetri, the Lumetri color panel as one of his examples of stuff that's awesome about premiere, even though the Lumetri color panel has been out for like four months and it's the coolest thing ever, but it's not new. So it just felt very empty and devoid of brand new, cool content.
0: May I use the word rehashy?
1: It was very rehashy. Um, but okay. So now I'll talk about it.
0: Yeah.
1: Audition remix. This is ridiculous. This is really cool. Unfortunately, it's a very segmented market that I think will appreciate this. Um, What they've done is allowed you to upload – let's say you're working on a timeline in Premiere and then you're making a 30-second commercial.
0: Okay, so now we're talking about desktop, right? Not iOS. Yeah. We're talking about desktop. Sorry.
1: Desktop. I'm in Premiere working on a commercial. Yes. They want me to use a specific song. The song is three minutes long. My cut is 30 seconds, which is what I've been asked to make.
2: Right.
1: Normally what I would have to do is go in and manually cut the music to fit that 30 seconds and get all the best parts of the music Mm -hmm. in there. Now, you can open that entire file in Audition, video included. It senses the music. You tell it how long you want the music to be, where you want it to start and finish, like if you want it to use the beginning of the song and the end of the song. And it will automatically cut that perfectly to 30 seconds without problem. I watched it happen on stage. Yes, they probably did it in the most advantageous environment, but it worked really really well so it would basically cut out an hour and a half of labor and make that 45 seconds wow yeah i'm i'm that is really um, really cool. you got to
0: see it there's no demo video on youtube that we can link to or uh, I will find out.
1: I will ask Adobe. I don't think so because it was live. If you were watching the live stream of Max, you would have seen it happen. I didn't even um, know
0: there was a live stream. I didn't see yeah, anything. Yeah,
1: they do that. live stream Max. Um, but the way it works is you can actually see on the timeline, it does like these little wavy things where it, it did do the cut and how it perfectly meshed them together. It's really, really cool. Uh, nice. I can't wait to try it. Um, so that's a high, a definite high.
0: Okay, that's a high. That's a, big, that's a positive. Any other
1: positives? Um, the fact they gave away 10,000 Fuji X-T1 cameras to That's the people there. That's a legit
0: there. camera just to give out for free. Or X-T10,
1: sorry, not so the X-T10, X-T1. X-T10, X-T10. 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 yes. Not it's still X-T10. a legit camera. It's like a dumbed-down version of the X-T1. It's like yeah, slightly still, less cool.
0: Like that camera is yeah. still a very good camera.
1: Um, they announced that every single major desktop app is now touch-supported on Microsoft devices. And they have a partnership with Apple as well that makes the iPad Pro. So that all the stuff that's on iPad Pro, which I think are most of the desktop apps, are also touch-supported.
0: Interesting. I don't think we've had touch-supported apps before. I don't even – okay,
1: yeah. But we've had them on um, Windows. We had like Illustrator, Photoshop, and InDesign were touch-supported. Mm-hmm. Um, but but they these didn't... are desktop
0: apps that are yes. on the sur- running on the Surface – that are software Our But the iPad Pro is, only runs iOS software, though. So I, I, so
1: I need to, to verify this. I unfortunately missed an event last night where I would have learned more about this. Um, okay. I'll get more information on it. But I'm pretty sure that they have pretty powerful apps being made specifically for iPad Pro.
0: Yeah. And iPad Pro is coming in November in case anyone forgets. Yes. That's what yeah. it's uh, supposed, supposed big, to be. They're big,
1: by the way. I didn't realize how big they were. Yeah.
0: That's, I actually big. really like, want one.
1: They're like a Cintiq tablet. They're huge.
0: Yeah, but not too big. Like, it's like a big magazine, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what's a big magazine? Like, I don't know. resource magazine. That's a regular
1: sized magazine. I'm thinking, like, I go to a hair salon and they have like the hair magazines and those are like double sized.
0: Is it like the, I don't know, I think W magazine is like that or L or Vogue. It's bigger than a magazine. Okay.
1: It, it, it's definitely like, ooh. I don't know if I could travel with that bar, that, that big. Like it wouldn't fit in my current backpack. Then again, neither does my laptop. But
0: how at big any is rate, your backpack, or how tiny is your backpack?
1: It's pretty small. This is a this is a new um, Low pro ProTactic. It's a small version of it that they announced about a week and a half ago, um, I'm reviewing it right now. Um, oh, okay. It's for specifically mirrorless, which is nice because I'm right now I'm shooting mostly on um, iPhone, which is a good segue. Do you want to segue into that? Let's
0: Talk about that. Other than uh, you know the fact that mirrorless, you know, uh, branding of mirrorless devices or, or accessories. Is always very uh, how do you say undercompensating? How do you mean? Why can't they just make a normal backpack with just normal <laughs> size, and instead of it, like, hey, it's a miniature version. Let's call it mirrorless. They make yeah. a full size one, and it's just like, well, instead of carrying three lenses, you can carry sixteen. That's mirrorless. Yeah, that's and true. That's a one good body point. instead of one body, you can carry three. I, mean, I do I'm, have to say, I'm being, it's, I'm being facetious, but you, you know what I
1: mean. It's somewhat liberating to have a bag that's a, probably half the size of the bag I normally bring. Is like, it liberating because of the size or the weight? Because for me, it's weight. Weight, it's the weight. Well, Because I can't fit as much stuff in it, so therefore it weighs less. Yes,
2: exactly. I, did,
1: I did manage to mash a DSLR into here with a DSLR mash, lens. Mash. Yeah, it, I, I really had to do that. It is had it to be like... sixty. Yeah.
0: d uh, 5D Mark Three. 5D Mark Three. okay. Big boy. Then, it's a big camera.
1: And then a 24-70 to 70, um, Sigma lens, which is also a, a big lens. I fit both of those, my iPhone gimbal, my iCan gimbal, my iPhone... Um, and some sound recording equipment that I'm using right now all well, all went in here. And it was much lighter than normal. But I agree with you. It is kind of funny that mirrorless stuff is only called mirrorless because it's just like a cutesy smaller version of the real thing.
0: It's like the um, small dog version of like a <laughs> golden retriever.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's the chat. What is it? Uh, um, a Shih Tzu. It's a Shih Tzu version.
0: Yeah, it's Poodle. Yeah. It's a Poodle backpack. Okay, so you're saying, you were saying that you yeah. shot an entire commercial. I don't know if you're saying that. I'm saying it now <laughs> on an iPhone.
1: <laughs> yeah, I shot an, uh, a commercial on uh, I think it was Thursday, maybe it was Friday last week. Mm-hmm. I shot a commercial using only my iPhone and the Sony RX100 Mark IV point-and-shoot camera, Which is all a in one sensor, right? Yes, all one-head in 4K. 4K. Um, and I was looking over the footage, and man, I'm really happy. Like you're it so looks perfect. really good. good. Like I. Did, I brought my entire luggage of like stuff I normally shoot with on this thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and the reason I chose these things wasn't just because I'm going to use these because I want to prove it can be done. I used them because they fit the shoot. The client needed a first-person view camera, mm-hmm. and I couldn't shoot everything first-person for him because he was moving around a lot. He had to like walk in the front door, go up the stairs, open the refrigerator, then sit on the couch. So... Much of it, I mean, I, the stuff that I shot on the RX100 was stuff that I could shoot for him. So I'd come around the opposite side of him and put my hands around him and shoot like what was in his lap. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I would shoot with the RX100. But the stuff where he was coming in and walking and moving around, I just gave him my iPhone and the iCAN gimbal that we've talked about since, since episode one. Episode of episode one,
2: yes. Yeah. I love this that thing. thing. So,
1: so amazing. Um, I gave that to him. And it's really easy for this guy to use who has no camera experience. Very approachable. The screen is enormous, so he can see what he's doing.
0: It was an iPhone 6S, uh, not a 6S Plus.
1: Correct, 6S. Okay. And um, it was it just fit really well. It was very light. And the quality of footage I was getting out of it is just really, really good. Granted, we were shooting in the middle of the day. And the light that we were getting outside, the iPhone handles really bright light really well, I found. It does a really good job there.
0: Yeah, I would uh, imagine lower ISOs, higher shutter speed at that point. Um,
1: yeah, uh, it it, and the camera does a really good job of managing that internally. I wasn't using Filmic Pro for this because Filmic oh. Pro was still battling with the problems they had. I, bet I had been working with them. Uh, they were getting me a beta version of it, Yeah. but I was still hesitant to use a beta version of a software that had mm-hmm. known massive bug crashing
0: mm-hmm.
1: on a shoot that I was being paid to complete something for. Yeah, so last so, week
0: we announced that Filmic Pro on the iPhone 6 had a 150 megabyte bit rate. No, megabit rate. Megabit. Yeah, Bit rate. That's it's a, that's been it's
1: been nerfed a little yeah, because and, so, and now from
0: 150 it's taken it down to 100,
1: which now matches the Sony cameras and the GH4. And the GH4 and
0: 4K, yeah. So, um,
1: they told me, Filmic told me that the 150 was taxing the phone too much, which was the reason it was glitching out and getting corrupted files.
0: Oh, such a shame.
1: Yeah. Um, so there's that. Anyway, I couldn't use that, so I was just using the the stock. 4k recorder that comes with the camera Mm -hmm. and it worked really really well uh i really am very satisfied with my decision to do all of this um that day had two shoots the morning shoot we were redoing parts of a commercial that already finished Mm -hmm. and they had shot that originally on canon DSLRs. so i was shooting with my 5d mark iii for uh half the shoot and trying to do the first person thing oh and it was a lot harder. And the first, like I was finishing this shoot and redoing it for a guy that uh, I know that I work with because he couldn't, he shot the original. He couldn't come and do the, the redo. So he hired me to do the redo. Mm-hmm. And he had told me that when he shot this originally, he had built himself a head mounted rig for a DSLR when he shot this. Yeah. And I have to think that was ridiculous. Like that had to have but been. But there's ridiculous. no solution.
0: Super- the only person I've seen that that's done something like this was uh joanna stern for oh god i don't even know which one which um, news organization she works for but she did a video review i think the apple watch and uh, the way she filmed the review was like wearing a hard hat which had like some sort of magic arm connected to the dslr and that's in right in front of her face hanging upside down like it but you know obviously turn the footage upside down in post um with a wide-angle lens and and that's how she walked around the day and did a review. I'm pretty sure it was the, for the Apple Watch. That's like, uh, that's silly. But this sounds like what you describe is exactly what... Um, yeah, that's did.
1: probably what he used. and um, It was just really cumbersome. So when it came time to that we were going to move on and shoot a brand new commercial that I could shoot in any format, um, I synced up how the, the look on the RX100 was compared to how it looks on an iPhone. So I, I didn't use Log. I used profile on the camera that sort of looks just like the iPhone one. Hmm. And I think they're both using Sony sensors. If I'm Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure the iPhone's a Sony sensor.
0: Uh, I believe so, yes.
1: So they match really well. They look really good together. The footage was outstanding. Um, my only complaint, and it's still a, com- a complaint on this thing, is that RX100 will overheat so quickly, like yeah, super quickly.
0: That's the biggest thing I've heard from everyone shooting with a Sony um, uh, device. Uh, is yeah. that the overheating issue and and I guess is the A7R Mark II as well. We have, no one knows about the A7S II. By the way, yeah, no I, one has tried I think you. I sent you a link. Yeah, you did. Four minutes twenty four seconds. So go to that, and then I'll put that in the show notes too, so you guys can see the um, example of a DSLR mounted to a. Um, uh, a helmet used for first person view is this sounds like similar to I guess what they did I don't know. If yeah
1: I I'm movie. sure but he told me that the rig that he built like had fallen apart so we couldn't use it again oh, okay. so I like I was physically getting behind a, like one of the shoots the scenes that we needed he was like in, getting out of bed waking up in the morning
0: yeah so oh, we were like GoPro for something like this
1: the GoPro look would not have matched the look of the oh, commercial
0: right. so I needed to shoot
1: I had I had to match Canon look and you can't match Canon look really with anything except another Canon,
0: because mm, it looks correct.
1: very specific. Um, so you know, specific. soft, muddy, and cruddy with some yeah, yellow which tones, is,
0: which is why I don't. This is why. Oh, by the <laughs> way, I did this week. Got myself a GH4 finally after talking about it, and proud to say, bought it on Craigslist, bought it used, paid cash. Just you know, none of this brand new stuff for me. I'm. I'm. That's too good for me. I gotta. I. I gotta. I dude, I met some guy at the at the at the back of a warehouse. In the middle of an industrial, like
1: yeah, did he open his trunk and show it to you?
0: No, he just walked out with the box and uh, ah.
1: So, so. Um, let me ask you. You mentioned it was having some freezing, crashing issues. Do you think it's your
0: card? I do think it's my card, and I ordered a a a new card. And you, I'm sorry, I didn't back too late. Yeah, what'd you buy? I did end up buying a transcend uh, card because the price is ridiculous. At first, I bought a 128, and then I read warnings that don't buy a 128 card. Buy a 64. And then, Why? Um,
1: Pointing from who? About from what? Just
0: on the web as I was researching which card is appropriate for the GH4. So I, I downgraded to a 128 to a 64. So a 64. Is
1: 128 kidding. is just fine. I shoot with a 128 every day. Oh god, now I have to like stop it and send it back and cancel it. Oh god. I shoot with Actually, a 128. Yeah, well, it was, the thing cheap. Is also- it
0: was like 20 or 30 bucks. I think 20 bucks.
1: I cheap. I, I'm you keep you it have a anyway. thing for Transcend. I don't know what it is, but I don't. I, this is my second Transcend card. Second. I, d- don't you use the, the Transcend wireless Wi-Fi card? I do. do That's that? the first card. <laughs> That's exactly yeah. And okay. the thing is, that well, card, rock solid. Perfect. Great. Okay. I, I am I'm iffy on Transcend. Uh, it's just because I don't know.
0: Yeah, I'm always guess, a SanDisk guy. That's why I asked you, like, apparently. SanDisk I, is
1: fine. I'm but, a Lexar but guy. But the though. price, oh, you are a Lexar guy. Like Lexar. I use SanDisk sometimes, but most of the time, the cards I grab are Sony cards and Lexar cards.
0: Sony branded cards.
1: Yeah. Sony's cam- cards are actually very good. Very okay. nice cards. Good to know. Um, I haven't used a, a SanDisk card in my GH4 ever. Yeah, no, never. Okay. But I will use. But my um, my five D Mark III CF card is a SanDisk. So I mean, I don't. I'm not a huge like I need to buy from this brand in order to be happy. Right. But I generally gravitate towards ones that have never let me down.
0: Because that's. Whole, I was gonna say that's if a, if a card does not let you down, it's until a card lets you down. and You're like, oh, I swear off that card now.
1: That's right. So here's the, the cool thing. My Lexar card, like, not only did uh, does it work, but it's like when I was unboxing it. I don't know if anyone listening to this can relate to this, but the boxes that these cards come in are like the worst types of plastic containers ever. Like, you can't easily open them. Like, you got to get in there and hack at it. Um, I accidentally hacked a little too <gasps> crazily, and the, the tip of my box cutter just went straight in on one of the contact points and just like scratched the heck out of it.
0: Yeah, uh, that's, that's didn't matter. Didn't matter. No, that's it hasn't
1: mattered. That's been my most reliable card. Maybe the scratch helped. This I don't is a know. good.
0: Uh, this is good advertising for Amazon's frustration-free packaging, which is usually yeah, which I don't target. get all the
1: time. Yeah,
0: yeah, I know. I get it sometimes for SD cards. So, but I enjoy it when I get it. I'm like, oh, that was easy. Frustration-free <laughs> packaging. That's what it is. I, love I know. I love blade. the
1: title. I forgot about that. Those are great. Don't, um, yeah. do I'm glad not. you got a GH4. Uh, yes. I'm sorry happening. that you had problems with your cards, but this is probably the first time you needed a card of any speed. And where'd you get the lens?
0: I have, I've been sitting on lenses since I had a GH3. So for like oh, a so year, you've
1: got a ton of mirrorless lenses and no camera.
0: I pretty much have the entire, what zoom range assortment from like ultra wide, like basically what? Um, seven to 14, the 12 to 35 and the 35 to 100.
1: And you also have that converter for your Leica lenses too. This so is true, but yeah, I
0: don't, I'm the next thing to get, this is way down. I'm either, I'm in between either going the whole, the speed booster XL, which we talked about so many times before. And the Sigma 18 to 35 or like a gimbal like the um, Pilot Fly. And we talked about the whole iffy support from a Chinese company. Like not not a lot of confidence. Um, Or bite the bullet and go full Jaren Schneider and get the DJI Ronin M.
1: Yeah. My Ronin M has been giving me some problems lately. It's been really weird. Really? uh, Yeah. And I don't know what the deal is because I'll set it up at home and it'll Mm -hmm. be perfect. And then I'll pack it up. Get everything, and then I take it out on set, and I reassemble it, and it's just like not having it.
0: Did uh, did you watch Lee and Pat's uh, drunk review of their DJI Ronin M video that they made on F-Stopper? No,
1: I, I didn't even know that that existed. They, that did, they, they made
0: one, but their biggest thing was that you know, bring the stand with you wherever you go because you're gonna have to recalibrate it, and the only way to do that is by like putting it on the stand, and I guess going using your iPhone. Yes, so recalibrate
1: app, yeah.
0: But that was yeah. their that was their thing going back and. Th- it does one.
1: need calib. maybe that I mean the thing was when the motor is struggling, it starts making this ringing, vibrating noise, and that's bad. you mm-hmm. don't want that okay. and it was making that ringing, vibrating noise sitting on the stand. It's not good, which it shouldn't have done because when the motor is off, I have it perfectly balanced, oh,
0: and sorry.
1: the motor is just there to keep it at that perfect
0: balance. Well, I'm glad but I'm I got to figure that, it out. I'm glad we're able to share like our experiences with people. Um,
1: I still love my M. Like I shoot. I would not be able to do the jobs that I do without it. I just need to spend probably a couple hours this weekend um fixing it before I start I do my next shoot. Uh, okay. so that it doesn't happen again. But I mean I look at the that and I look at the footage off of this iCan gimbal with the iPhone, and I'm like, this is just about as good. Especially when I get like a moment lens on here and go super wide. Like mm-hmm. it's really awesome. I was in the car last night driving around, and I was, my, my buddy was driving, Mike Kelly, and I was playing with this thing.
0: I know, Mike Kelly, special and guest.
1: He, he wanted to know how, how steady it really was, so I'm like, uh-huh. let me whip it out. And we had it in the car, and he was like taking hard turns around like city streets, and we looked, I looked back at the footage, and it, it looks just buttery smooth. Like even with the jolting up and down, mm-hmm. the uh the, the gimbal was able to compensate for really well. So I'm I'm very excited about this thing. I'm very happy with it. I and remember shoot.
0: back in the day, what was it? 32 episodes ago when Jared was all like, I don't know about that. I think stupid. stupid. I think it's stupid. Why would you want to Why would you
1: want to shoot with an iPhone? Why would you want to shoot yeah. with an iPhone? Well, that hey, was I, before. the
0: iPhone 6S is coming out shooting 4K. Um is is there anything going to change anything? No, not really. No. That's my impression Jared, like three, ago. That's what it sound ago. like, huh? Yeah. Like maybe yeah, four it, or five it, episodes ago.
1: The thing is, I I don't have no problem admitting when I was wrong, and I'll of and I'll happily embrace the technology. Um, and I'll happily I think the, bring it up. <laughs> the biggest thing that I have a problem with though what is, is like going look at the shoot that I did yeah. and where I gave the camera to the actor uh-huh. and the camera was an iPhone. How does that and I'm not doing anything anymore. I'm standing back. I just like I'm not even the creative director. I'm just the, the camera guy. How is that worth paying me anything? Ooh, that's if I'm a point. not holding the camera, and it's an iPhone that anyone owns. So, like, that's the mm, thing. So, it's going to be interesting to see if there is if I could actually use this on pro shoots and not be judged for it. Even though it probably will be as good or better than the rig that is more challenging to set up and use.
0: This is true. But you also are rigging the camera. It's not just, uh, I'm just going to whip this out of my pocket and just uh, shoot with it like this. You you actually like put, what? I kind of did do that. No, but you put a moment lens on it. Or you, no. or you put it in a you put it in a three axis gimbal, which people are like, What the fuck is that? Remember when we were in the Leica store Elaine, we were recording and I whipped that out and people all of a sudden started swarming me at the Leica store about this iPhone yeah, three axis gimbal. But the thing
1: is, if somebody asks like, Oh, that's really cool, how much does that cost? and I tell them, Oh, it's like three hundred and fifty bucks and it self-calibrates, you just put a phone in it, and it automatically works. Yeah,
0: you're saying too much. <laughs> <laughs> you're saying too much.
1: I guess I'm I'm revealing too much of the secret sauce there because like there would be no reason I, th- I feel like a lot of people could do shoots like this on their own. I guess where it comes down no, to is the you're selling yourself short, editing.
0: Jaren, exactly. You're selling yourself short. What, they, what people don't have is like, yeah, you can buy this stuff. Like, well, I can go tomorrow and buy a red. I really can't. But let's say that I bought a red and I'm like, all right, let's just – I'm going to whip it out and just shoot stuff with it. No, I can't. No, I can't. I got to rig that up. I got to have my production. I got to do uh, a script. I, I have to do all this extra stuff. I have to have like the thought process and the vision – to accomplish what I, what I need to do with these tools, these are just tools at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, I, like how I much still does think, that hammer
0: cost, Darren? The thing I mean, is, if the hammer
1: minutes. is too familiar, if the hammer looks like the hammer that you have, and you're paying me to use that hammer, eventually you will be asking yourself, "Why am I paying someone else to use this hammer when I have the same hammer?" And that activity over there, hammering
0: that nail, looks and then it comes easy. out looking like crap at the end of it. Then you're like, oh, "Yeah, no, they, they probably I'm will have hire a problem." Professional to actually do this now, who actually so, knows what they're doing. Clearly knows, I didn't, knows what they're doing. I'm, put, I'm doing my uh, hand quotes. Knows what they're doing. Clearly,
1: I didn't have a, a gigantic fear of this being a real problem since I totally did the shoot anyway and my client was very happy. Um, but it's just a thought. So
0: It's a thought that counts, Lejen.
1: So there we go. That's uh, Those are my two things to catch
0: up on. Awesome. So you know what? Today, I'm a bit jealous because you got to meet uh, – first of all, I'm a fangirl when it comes to anyone – any internet following on youtube i mean most well some of them but one of them is freddie wong who you got to meet today and have a nice little interview with and uh i wanted to actually talk about the um the story that you wrote and freddie mm-hmm. took freddie told us or freddie shared with you his five ways to maximize your probability to succeed by the way jaron i love mm-hmm. the slightly link baity title of a five of a list you know we got the five ways
1: yeah, well, I was talking to him about it, and we had like three, and he's like, and we both looked, just like, five's the internet number, man. We got to get you to five. He so knows the internet.
0: I love this. I love that.
1: So we got the five numbers out of him. So the last couple, actually, like he didn't think he was going to have one, but then he just started going, and they were like legit answers. So the thing is, when I go into interviews like this, I've written, this is not even an exaggeration, thousands of articles over the last four years and hundreds of interviews. And so for the most part, I'm generally pretty confident of the quality I'm going to get out of people
2: mm-hmm.
1: when I get shoved into an interview put together by PR to do something and the interview is open-ended. Usually I get a bit of a, of a half-try out of them. Freddie was not like that. Immediately he was like, let's get something really good. He was intent on providing real good information. So there's, these actually are the like least cliche responses I could ever expect out of somebody.
0: I feel like Freddie is... is- uh, one of us like you know we live on the internet we make our living on the internet and well part of it i guess but he's of our generation and and he gets it he understands what we need to do because he does that stuff too
1: yes and that's he does it you. very well so yeah, uh, that's does. what i wanted to ask is like what do you think are like major players in being successful so that's what i asked and that's what yeah. he gave me
0: so let's go with uh, number one separate where you work from where you live jaren want to break it down
1: yeah, and he said that that separation could be as much as a bed sheet. But there needs really? to be like, it, there needs. he said that that was tenuous, but he would really much prefer a like completely separate space. And the farther away you are from where you live, the better. So for him, like, have, he used to live and work in this loft, and he would wake up and start shooting and then go to bed in the same exact space. Mm-hmm. And it was incredibly draining to him because he never had a place where he could like, his mind knew it could shut off. And I can sort of agree with this. Um, I work and live in the same area, but I separated a small chunk of my apartment off um, that's just my workspace, and I only sit over there if I'm working, which is why I'm not online in the evenings most of the time at all. Like, I'm not on Facebook or anything like that because that's all in my workspace, and I left it, quote-unquote, at work, so I can't access it until the next morning. Right. Um, but he says that as soon as he got a real space, like an office or he had like an on, someplace, a different location to work, that he was happier and more productive than when he was working and living in the same space.
0: Mm, that's good to know. And then the second one is learn the basics of everything you can.
1: So he says that he wants to know the basics of every piece of software that any person that he might hire would use so that he understands the kinds of questions he needs to ask in order to get the responses he wants also he wants to be able to know how to do something just enough so that when he's let's say he's got to shoot something and he needs a visual effects artist to come in afterwards and get an end result out of it he knows now the best way to shoot that so that the visual effects artist has to do the least amount of work to make it get to where he wants it Hmm. so by knowing just enough he he doesn't he doesn't claim to be good at any of it he just knows the process Mm -hmm. the lingo and the way that the minds of the people that use the software think. So he's able to work in that environment and actually get better products because of it. So he doesn't ever intend on mastering any of these things. He just wants to know them enough. Just right, the so basics. He gets,
0: so he gets familiar. This is good. Yeah. Familiarity. Number three, you might have to risk alienating a for-sure no, audience. Wait, that's number four. That's, for, that's number four. Did I skip one? We did. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, um, to manage
1: that, people within their own boundaries.
0: Yes. Managing people within their own boundaries. Talk about that. I was, gonna, I was just going to say number three after number four then. That's cool. <laughs> That's cool.
1: Um, so he was talking about a situation where they, he had a guy that they hired to make a video for the website every day. But this guy was not a morning person, so he wouldn't show up. He wouldn't roll into the office until like 10 or 11. But he would stay super late, so he wouldn't leave until like 8 or 9 at night and the people that were working with him all felt like he was always late on everything, like he could never meet the deadlines Mm. that they were setting. And it's because they weren't asking him or letting him know enough about what they were trying to do and how he could be involved in it. So as soon as they reframed it as in, like, this is the project, these are what exactly we need done, and here are the times that they need to be finished by, looking into the future, he was able to actually do just fine. It's just that when you work in a constrained environment where it's like, every morning you need to do this exactly at 8, this exactly at 9, and this exactly at 10, then artists don't respond well to that. And I had a conversation with them during this where I'm like, I had the same thing happen to me at my first job where I was working with a graphic designer because whenever she got work from either the CEO or the other guy, other graphic designer, she would not respond well to them because they would tell her exactly what they wanted. When with me where she produced really great stuff is this is the message I want to convey. Show me how to convey that rather than I need you to design this to look like a book with stuff coming out of it. So like just getting into the mindset of a creative professional and understanding that just like you, they have a specific way of doing things that makes them really good at what they do and why you hired
0: them. The secret sauce of how they do it. You
1: hired them for a reason. They clearly do good work. You have to figure out what environment best suits that good work.
0: That is proper management, I would say.
1: Yeah, um, and that's something a lot of artists aren't good at is managing you, because it's not what, what we're hardwired to do.
0: I feel like this is another part of a rewrap wrap episode. We talked about uh, um, creatives becoming bosses or yeah. things like that. All right. Generally Number bad five, bosses. four, you might have to risk alienating a for-sure audience in order to get an even bigger one.
1: So he was saying the YouTube mentality is, is if you get big at YouTube, the calculation is here's your audience X and now you want to do project Y. Mm-hmm. What percentage of X can you get to watch Y? And he says that this is like easy but super limiting because if all you're going to do is cater to the same audience over and over again, you can't grow at a rate that would make you successful in, like, anywhere near short or medium terms. So what he did is when he made um, his show, which is Video Game High School, after his YouTube channel success, he knew they were going to alienate and not appeal to a large chunk of the people on YouTube who watched what they made before. Right. This was a conscious decision to understand that and still make it. Because by the time they got to like season three and they were getting all these episodes funded by a Kickstarter, a gigantic majority of the people who were funding him on Kickstarter had never heard of him before this, this show. They, not, they were not YouTube fans of his whatever he was doing. So they knew that they could get a bigger audience if they took the risk of not necessarily appealing to the one they already had.
0: Uh, I can understand that. That's good. That's good. That's good advice. It's a a big risk. It's a huge risk. It's it's basically Um, no safety net. It's like, uh, let's just make something, let's start again from scratch and make something new and try not to leverage or at least hope that, um, previous audience and try and, I think then you'd, what you'd mute the new product or not mute it, but you'd subdue the product or so trying to get it to fit the old, the old uh, criteria of what people like before trying to fit the old audience. Yep. So yeah, breaking free. That's good. Number five, limit the distractions that take you away from being creative. This is good. This is very important.
1: Yeah. Um he says that in the he only answers emails twice a day. First thing in the morning and right before he goes home.
2: Hmm.
1: And if and he makes no exceptions here. He also as a rule will never go to meetings. If a meeting is required for something, they already say no. And the reason that he does this is because the email thing and the meeting thing is he wants to focus on doing what he was originally doing that made him successful. The problem with a lot of people who start, you know, starting to, quote unquote, make it after being an artist is that they're stuck doing more and more of the stuff that didn't have any contributions to making them successful to begin with. Writing emails, making phone calls, going to meetings, meetings about meetings. Mm. Eventually, you get sucked into the world that you hated to begin with. Yes. Yes. He says to do as much as possible, to be creative as much of the time as possible, and avoid all the distractions that tear you away from that. And he says when he doesn't go to meetings, and if he does on the off chance make a meeting and actually go to it, everyone involved knows that it means something because he usually never does them. Right. So, so everyone it's, is it's more, more in tune.
0: Like, yeah, oh, and they don't. Freddie called time. a meeting.
1: It's serious. Let's do it. It's serious. Yeah, like it's serious because he never calls a meeting. He hasn't called a meeting since 2010. This is a big deal. That sort of thing.
0: That's oh, it's a very good. Very so nice. uh, great advice. I love that. I, I yeah. love the article. Uh, I hope it actually gets a decent amount of, of shares, or at least people can hear. It. Well, people heard on this podcast, which is good. Uh, and with that, I actually want to wrap this show up and uh because because we got a lot to do in the next coming weeks uh when we're in uh, me and jaren will be in new york for photo plus expo right
1: yeah um is that next week already Holy
0: no it's Jesus. not next week it's like two weeks from now
1: yeah it's so we got a, we got another week
0: by the way jaren is checking his uh apple watch uh that he has <laughs> uh so we, we can actually make a quick mention about that um because you know you've heard jaren he actually does like the apple watch he's uh, i'm speaking for you you say it. we're on a podcast let's well, let's,
1: let's do this um what was it maybe 10 or 15 episodes ago i said i would check in with you every 10 every every 10 or 5 or whatever episode i stopped doing that because you always gave the same answer so this will be the final time i check in with you and it will segue into me Caraminder. how do you feel about your apple watch
0: well glad you asked me jaren uh first of all we're now on watch os2 right yes so from watch os1 and now we can have kind of more native running apps on the watch uh i'm i'm a bit uh well there's um, you hear me do the my caramander sigh, which is when I go, ah, uh, and I did that. Um, because certain apps, I don't know which one, so I uninstall them. I have to add them back. But something was draining my Apple Watch battery. And, and I w- was not used to the amount of battery that was being drained from me, from my watch, unlike WatchOS 1. So I uninstall those, and now it's back to normal. And I got to figure out which app was doing that because that's not a good app. if Because I, I, I usually work out, say, once or even twice a day and then put... And when you're on a workout, when you're in a workout app, it does consume a bit more battery power because it's either reading your heart rate or paying attention to your Bluetooth heart strap monitor, which is what I use. So that is a little thing that I'm not happy about, and I and I know that's from a third-party app. But I was really hoping that WatchOS 2 brought better third-party apps, like better-designed apps, and because the apps on the th- on WatchOS one when we first got the watch, they were terrible. They were awful. They were slow. They were useless. Completely useless. So I never used any of them. I just use. I just stuck to. What apps were on the on the watch and didn't allow any apps to install themselves. So now mm-hmm. WatchOS two, I'm being very careful. Again, I have over 980 apps on my iPhone.
2: Just That's to stupid, give you, but right? Continue.
0: So, but I'm giving you that perspective of that. I'm happy to have apps. I'm happy to play with apps. There's probably a lot of apps I need to delete, but I'm not affected. Like I'm not too worried about how my iPhone manages it because it manages it quite well. But with the watch, not so much. So I want the watch is not mature in that regard just yet, or or maybe that these third party watch apps are not being good watch citizens, I suppose. So wait, you
1: said that your watch was being drained of power quickly?
0: Yeah, and then just because of okay. one of the... Like, I think it was either City Mapper, um, Dark Sky, which I think is the best weather app on uh, the iPhone and it's great for the watch, or there's another app and I can't remember which one it was, but... That's yeah, interesting. Yeah, and I think because... I, I think it might be related to also... Um, i used it as a complication. I think every time I open... I my watch tilted to show me the screen that it would then ping the internet and try and get some data or like, you know, go to my, go to my phone or via Bluetooth, then go to the cloud to get data. And I think maybe that was it. That's my theory. But, uh, but, uh, but otherwise watchOS 2 feels phenomenal. By the way, it feels like it's running at 60 frames per second, as opposed to watchOS 1 felt like it was at 24 or 30 I know it's a Yeah, see, change. I, I, I
1: never experienced that. So I don't know. I'm just Yeah, you never experienced it.
0: Time. But it, so I'll tell you right now, WatchOS 2 feels solid. It feels mm. polished and solid and, like, and faster, too. Um, especially, I don't know if you know how you felt from going, what, you're on your iPhone 5 into iPhone 6. Now, success uh, with iOS 9, it feels more solid as well. But the amount of solidness that you feel uh, going from 6 to 6S is not as great as the solidness I feel from going from WatchOS 1 to watch os2 Mm -hmm. and i and i still wear the watch every single day and i brought more straps and now me and jaren have actually matching straps yeah which is nice. we both have the product red straps so we're we're i was gonna say we're supporting aids in africa we're not we are supporting like defeating aids in africa are we yeah is that what this is for yeah like i don't know like a a portion of the sale went to it only the project red strap. yeah um what else well, I, so you're still, saying you still like though. it, right? I love you it, love especially it. when okay. I get like I don't miss alerts; I get them, which is fantastic. so.
1: That's the thing. Um, so I have one now, and this was because I'm testing it. And you mentioned that your battery died so much. I have not had my battery go down below seventy percent
0: the entire day. Yeah. Well, well ever since Shooting I as, ever, ever since I removed those apps that were that I felt were questionable, it's back to normal. Which is yeah, what I, I like. feel go the whole day like and then charge. Like it. I can.
1: Yeah, I don't think I haven't charged this since this morning. I use it a lot. Like I play with it. I get a lot of. I, I, I get all my alerts on it. I'm looking Your strap at is it. Never, loose, by the way. My strap is.
0: Yeah, look at that. It's at because
1: that when I go outside, um, it's, my my wrist is going to expand and it'll get too tight. Interesting. So okay. I I adjust the strap throughout the day. Like,
0: oh, okay. Like I'm, I'm I on, would
1: like it here. I'm
0: always on the like, third closest.
1: Um, anyway, uh, so this for me. Is really good for people who like to stay connected to their to their phone, who like to be responsive and quick. The opposite of Freddie Wong. Mm-hmm. And if that's you, no, you'll you can't say the opposite, of Freddie this. Wong,
0: because Freddie Wong specifically was talking about email.
1: Not no, which about, I get on this.
0: Not about like if you actually needed me, you call me.
1: Right. The, the thing is, I get interrupted by my watch now. I can't like ignore my phone. Fo- I can ignore my phone. Hmm. can't ignore the watch.
0: Maybe do you Cause have it, like – because I turned off my email alerts and only VIP email alerts come to me. The so thing like, is you're I like VIP
1: responding. List. I like seeing things quickly. I like being that way. That's me. As a journalist, that's kind of how I have to operate. This is
0: – right. right.
1: Um, when I'm shooting and when I'm working, it does bother me. Um, so I wish there was a quick way. I, I, I guess I could put my oh, hand over my phone, exactly my watch you? for three seconds and it mutes it. It I does do that's... that. If
0: you're getting a phone call, it, w- it does do that. Okay. that is...
1: I could also turn it, I could turn it off. I could go in and tell it to just Wait, go your into Your watch is
0: not on silent? Cause that's like, silent. it is on
1: silence. Okay. It's on silence right now. I just could, t- I could tell it to go to like sleep mode and not do anything while I'm working. Airplane mode. Um, yeah, no, like the rest mode. So it doesn't even oh, do anything yes, at yes. all. So it's still connected, but quiet. Um, so I really like it. It's actually not connected
0: in that mode, Jaren.
1: Oh, good. That's perfect. Yeah. Um, it's watching
0: at that point is just to tell you the time and that's it. Nothing else. It's good at doing that. I do get the time. I also,
1: last note, I like that it tells me when sunset is on the face. Yep. I
0: got that as one of the complications too. So today is 642 over here.
1: 629 here. Whoa.
0: Mm. Yeah. You're further east
1: than I am. And I'm super south.
0: Yes, you are. So, no, no, you are supercell.
1: At any rate, We're at different like places the watch, the this is the last time I'm going to talk about how Cameron feels about the watch because I can now appreciate now I'll, how he feels about in it. I'll check in in
0: 10 weeks to see how Jaren's doing. Actually, I'll probably make it like two or three weeks. I'll check it
1: out. Yeah, now. we'll see. Because the thing is now, I have to make the decision. Do I wear this watch or do I wear one of my other watches?
0: And this is what and, I went through when I first got my watch. Welcome kind of to my life, Jaren.
1: Yeah, it's tough because I like my other watches, but they don't yeah. do what this one does. Yeah. I like have that it. I don't have to pull my phone out all the time now. Yes. I can actively, quickly determine whether or not I need to see uh, the text or whatever. Like, I just got one. Do I need to look at that? No. Yeah. Not right now. Exactly. So, anyway. Now you can wrap it up, Karen.
0: Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Guys, thanks for joining us. Comments, questions. You guys can reach us on Twitter uh, at Rewrap Podcast. You can reach Jaren on Twitter at Jaren Schneider. You can reach me at Karaminder. Um Please rate us on iTunes, subscribe, send us some Twitter love, and please tell your friends to give us a listen. We'd really appreciate it. We have moved, and I'm still in the process of moving everything over uh, to SoundCloud, trying to get our whole existing library over to SoundCloud. So if you have some weird podcast client issue things where it maybe download an, open, an, um, an older episode or re-download an episode twice, I am sorry. I am very sorry. I'm going to say that right now. I'm sorry, uh, but... Once I get these like hiccups out of the way, it'll be smooth sailing because we've actually now opened up the uh, rewrap wallet and uh, put ma- some money down to our SoundCloud uh, subscribership and um, hopefully they take care of us, unlike Feedburner did. Uh, yes, I'm poo pooing Feedburner, but uh, thank you and uh, Jaron. Goodbye. I'll see you next week. Yes, you will. All right. Bye bye.